Hello everyone, this is Francesca and this is episode 23 of my podcast, Let Me Take You on a Psychology Adventure. And we are talking about dopamine. This is a really interesting topic because today we'll learn how dopamine influences us, how it motivates us, how it makes us happy and how it makes us unhappy as well. And you'll see in a moment. So let's get straight into it. Dopamine is one of the most powerful molecules we all have inside of ourselves. And we must think carefully about how we leverage it. Dopamine is released anytime we experience something we really like. The dopamine rush humans experience comes from promising surprises such as a sweet note from your lover or an email message from a friend you haven't seen in a while or anything that you anticipate and that brings you pleasure. However, when these things become frequent, they lose their novelty and the dopamine rush reduces. And a more interesting note or long email won't bring it back. That's why falling in love isn't long-lasting. When a couple is in love, all they can picture is the exciting and perfect future they will have together. But when reality downs, their imagination imaginations tend to shatter, leading to a possible end of the relationship and a new search for dopaminergic thrills, the excitement of anticipation. Alternatively, this passionate love can transform into compassionate love, which may not thrill the way dopamine does. However, it has the power to deliver long-term happiness based on here and now hormones, um, neurotransmitters. Your brain and body are literally wired to seek pleasure. It's how our ancestors were motivated to find food, shelter, and mating opportunities. It's all tied to your brain's reward circuit and dopamine. Physically, dopamine gives you brain energy, motivation, a rush, and that switched-on feeling. Kind of like that first cup of coffee in the morning. Dopamine is behind all human reward-seeking behavior. It rewards us for beneficial behaviors and motivates us to repeat them. It's the primary neurotransmitter behind drug addiction as well. In fact, dopamine is responsible for any addiction because it promotes any goal-directed, motivated behavior, bad or good. So you may learn, you might have learned by now that dopamine is responsible for our motivation and our pleasure as well. Here's how much dopamine increases above baseline in your system for the following items, just so you get an idea. For chocolate, it is 55% increase. For nicotine, it is 100% increase. For sex, it is 100%. For cocaine, it's 225%. For amphetamine, it's 1000% and for Adderall, 1000%. Also, studies have shown that cold exposure can have the same increase in dopamine levels as cocaine, 
but without the corresponding drop below baseline, aka, aka the crash. In fact, it helps strengthen that baseline. So anyone that has taken cold showers knows that you get that rush of dopamine after you take a cold shower. Even if it feels uncomfortable at first, um, now it's really popular. Maybe you've seen the Wim Hof method. It's really promoted everywhere because it has incredible benefits also on your health. So cold exposures such as cold showers or a cold plunge can help raise your dopamine baseline. Cold exposure has been a health and wellness solution for as long as history has been documented. It's been most recently popularized, as I said, by Wim Hof, and it, which is also known as the Iceman. He developed uh, protocols for handling extreme cold, including bathing technique, breathing techniques. So you need to breathe in a certain kind of way when you're taking the cold showers or you jump in a cold uh, water. You don't just jump because it can be dangerous if you don't have these breathing techniques. So pay attention. It also sustains rise in dopamine that takes a very long time, which is up to three hours. So for most things, it's very short, like you get the dopamine, it increases and then it crashes. But for cold showers, it is sustained for three hours, which is crazy to come back down to the baseline, which is really remarkable. And I think this explains some of the positive mental and physical effects that people report subjectively after doing cold water exposure. So. You may be thinking, you know, because I said at the beginning of my podcast that it's also responsible for the unhappiness. If dopamine is associated with pleasure, then, you know, what's the problem? Pleasure is not a problem. Dopamine is not a problem. Too much pleasure experienced too often without a prior requirement for effort in order to achieve that pleasure or dopamine is, ter is terrible for us, however, because it lowers our baseline levels of dopamine and the potency of all experiences. So immediately after you experience something pleasurable or have a craving satisfied and dopamine is released, your baseline levels subsequently drops because your body is trying to balance out the increase you just had. Well, you would think you're going to feel really good after you do something pleasurable, like eating chocolate or watching porn or going to a club and drinking. Because of increased dopamine, that is not the case. Release ultimately leads to lower levels. So to that crash we were talking about. To put it simply, the more often you engage in activities that spike your dopamine, the harder it becomes to experience the same level of satisfaction in the future. All the spikes you get these days in our modern world actually lower your baseline and can leave you feeling down. If you're stuck doing a dopamine-releasing activity repeatedly, a break is recommended or it's also named dopamine fasting to reset your dopamine baseline. 
When dopamine fasting, you're trying to reduce exposure to as much dopamine increasing activities as possible. The point of dopamine fasting is to increase behavioral flexibility by reducing impulsive behavior for extended periods of time. For example, if on a break from social media and you feel a craving to look at social media, find an offline activity that you enjoy and is better for your mental health, such as going for a walk or a stretch. So this is also a trick using dopamine to find your purpose, to find things you like and to be more productive. So if you do a dopamine fasting and basically for an entire day, you try not to consume as little dopamine as possible. So remember, dopamine comes from music, it comes from doing sports, it comes from eating, it comes from watching porn, it comes from checking your social media. There are so, so many factors that cause dopamine release. So for an entire day, the goal is to do as little dopamine releasing activities as possible. So don't check your social media, eat less. So for instance, intermittent fasting can alter your dopamine sensitivity as well uh, because your brain sees food as a reward. So intermittent fasting can alter your brain's sensitivity to dopamine if is an eating pattern, uh, intermittent fat- fasting is an eat- eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating. It doesn't uh, specify which foods you should eat, but rather when you eat. And studies found that food restriction uh, decreases baseline dopamine levels and results in enhanced dopamine release in response to rewarding and reinforcing s- substances. When dopamine receptors are exposed to it less often, they become more sensitive. In other words, not constantly rewarding your brain with food makes it more sensitive to uh, food and appreciative, but not only food, but of all rewards. So how does it actually help with finding your purpose or finding something you love to do? So the way it works is the more you consume dopamine by watching TikTok, going on Facebook, watching movies, the more you don't indulge in creating dopamine. So it you have to switch between consuming dopamine to getting dopamine by creating things. So creating, it can be a painting, a letter, anything. So this is how, because you don't get dopamine from these activities anymore, now your brain has to look for other ways to, to create dopamine, right? So it also makes us more creative. So it's just like with little children. This is an advice that um, therapists give to their parents. Don't let your children watch TV for too long or give them distractions. You know, let them get bored because eventually they'll get creative and they'll start finding activities because they won't just sit looking at the wall all day. This is the same with adults. So for instance, if you don't know what's your passion, 
the first step is to do dopamine fasting. Make a list of all the things that you might be interested in and then indulge in dopamine creating activities. As I said, it can be a sport, it can be painting, it can be photography, anything that sparks a bit of interest inside of you. Also, having stocked activities that increase dopamine is not the best. So, for instance, doing a workout while listening to music is an example. You could also have an energy drink before that workout. All this increases the expectation that the next workout will produce the same excitement. So, for instance, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, which talks about uh, dopamine and is a neuroscientist, suggests that it's good to have intermittent activity. So, for instance, toss a coin every time you do a workout to decide if you will listen to music or not. This way, the variability of dopamine increases while it makes it less predictable. However, for instance, co- uh, not cocaine, oh my God, caffeine is good to be stocked before an activity that increases dopamine because it actually amplifies the dopamine of the activity itself. So caffeine is good. You can drink it, you know, as a drink, as coffee, or you can get caffeine from other forms like supplements or anything else. So how do you use dopamine to actually achieve your goals? Anytime we are moving towards something, and we think we're on the right path, dopamine is released. And this is nature's way of telling whatever neurons are acting during that movement down the path. So this could be exercise. It could be a relationship, a breakthrough. It could be learning some little piece of a puzzle that you're excited to learn. And contrary to popular belief, dopamine is not released when you get a reward. But it is released when you recognize that you're on the right path to get a reward. Dopamine shapes your brain so that when released, you naturally want to continue down that path. This is such an awesome thing to understand because the pleasure you get from dopamine is sustained not by accomplishing your goals, but by striving towards them. It doesn't matter if you don't fully accomplish what you were striving towards, you're still going to get that pleasure from dopamine if you just try. It doesn't matter if you finish first or last in a sporting event, if you do or don't get that promotion you were competing for. As long as you are working towards your goal, your body is going to release dopamine. And dopamine is a chemical often associated with your overall well-being and happiness. You don't have to get everything that you want in life to be happy. You just need to pursue growth. Dopamine also instills more energy in you so that you continue working towards your goals and hopefully complete them. The great thing about dopamine is that it rewards us and it gives us energy. And the reason is 
effort of all kinds is generally associated with the neuromodulator adrenaline, also called epinephrine. So have you ever worked tirelessly on a project and felt that you were burning out, but then discovered that you had made progress and this gave you a sudden unexpected burst of energy? That's the dopamine in your body doing its magic. You realized you were making progress on your path, so you received a burst of epinephrine that rewarded you with more energy. Although you can use dopamine as a major tool to maxing your life, it can also be detrimental if you're, get, if you're getting dopamine through unhealthy habits. So, for instance, occasionally you might pick up your phone and log into an app and it didn't make, you didn't make the conscious decision to do it. For instance, I do that, I just do it reflexively. And the reason is that the brain and the nervous system are constantly seeking rewards and novelty. And if we're not deliberate about how we're doing that, we will do it entirely automatically, reflexively. If you get in that habit of obtaining dopamine through actions that don't serve you, you'll find yourself on an unhelpful trajectory. How often do you check your social media because you feel a burst of dopamine when you receive a notification? Or, you know, just scrolling through your phone. For instance, this is how TikTok works. It's the same that Las Vegas casinos work. You don't know what you're going to get. So it is that unexpected feeling. And when not all videos, for instance, on TikTok are good. So maybe one in five videos are good. So when you scroll down, you don't know what you're going to get. And the fact that four of them were bad and then one of them was good, it gives you that burst of dopamine and it just keeps you engaged in this way. So getting dopamine through unproductive activities will cause you to develop unproductive habits, even addictions. You need to make a conscious effort to engage in healthy activities that release chemicals related to neural, neural energy. So another key to using dopamine healthily is to focus on your internal reward system rather than external rewards. The internal reward system is the dopamine that you get when you are making an effort. While the external reward is what you receive once you've completed the work. Some people attach rewards to do an activity they don't like. Um, like a drink after a workout, a chocolate bar after studying. Also known as an extrinsic reward. And that's a bad approach. And here's why. Instead, what Dr. Huberman suggests is to trick your brain to enjoy the activity itself. So this is the intrinsic reward, not the reward. You can say, for instance, I choose to do this. I choose to study right now. I choose to do this workout and convince yourself that this is good for you. This can increase dopamine during the activity and in situations when it is even painful. 
Also, journaling or reflecting about an activity you enjoy, you enjoyed while um, you were doing in the past will make you release more dopamine next time. Have you ever worked on a project where your primary motivation was seeing the final product or reward, but when you finished, you didn't feel as good as you thought you would? You need to put your pleasure in the effort process rather than the completed project or external reward. So your pleasure needs to come from the process, from the journey, not the result. So you will actually be disappointed. You'll experience a sort of postpartum depression of some sorts. So the key is to learn to attach reward to the effort process. It's not about feeling good about some external milestone. It's about learning how to tap into this engine that we have. Now, I want you to give you some ways to increase your dopamine levels naturally. So remember, as long as you don't do it too much, because getting too much dopamine will lower your baseline, so you'll not be able to enjoy the activities, it's good to know how to produce dopamine in natural ways, especially. So rather than checking your phone to get dopamine or, you know, getting dopamine through low effort activities like watching porn, rather do these activities. So the first one is exercise. So improvements in mood can be seen after as little as 10 minutes of aerobic activity, but tend to be highest after at least 20 minutes. So aerobic activity means cardio, running, um, not necessarily weights. So while these effects are probably not entirely due to changes in dopamine levels, it has to do also with other chemicals and hormones, Animal research suggests that exercise can boost dopamine levels in the brain. In rats, treadmill running increases the release of dopamine and upregulates the number of dopamine receptors in the reward area of the brain. However, one three-month study in humans found that performing one hour of yoga six days per week, significantly increase dopamine levels. So you can do yoga, you can do any kind of sport that you like. The second one is getting enough sleep. When dopamine is released in the brain, it creates feelings of alertness and wakefulness. Animal studies indicate that dopamine is released in large amounts in the morning when it's time to wake up, and that level naturally falls in the evening when it's time to go to sleep. However, lack of sleep appears to disrupt these natural rhythms. When people um, are forced to stay awake through the night, the availability of dopamine receptors in the brain is dramatically reduced by the next morning. Because dopamine promotes wakefulness reducing the sensitivity of the receptors should make it easier to fall asleep especially after a night of insomnia however having less dopamine typically comes with other unpleasant consequences such as reduced concentration and poor coordination 
getting regular high quality sleep may help keep your dopamine levels balanced and help you feel more alert and high functioning during the day. For optimal health, the National Sleep Foundation recommends that adults get between seven and nine hours of sleep every night and maintain proper sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene can be improved by sleeping and waking at the same time each day, reducing noise in your bedroom, avoiding caffeine before in the evening, and using your bed only for sleeping. There are other things like decreasing the light, so it's good not to have a lot of so not to have any lights in the room and decreasing the temperature in the room by maybe opening a window when you go to sleep because our body needs to decrease its temperature in order to fall asleep with a few degrees. But maybe I'll talk about sleep in another episode if you're interested. The third one is meditation. Meditation is the practice of clearing your mind, focusing inwards and letting your thoughts float by without judgment or attachment. It is actually way more simple than most people think because it's not this buru buru crazy magical thing. It's just literally internalizing and paying attention to what you feel inside your body, paying attention to your emotions, to the feelings you have in your body, to your breathing and so on. You can do it while standing, sitting or even walking. And regular regular practice is associated with improved mental and physical health. New research has found that these benefits may be due to increased dopamine levels in the brain. One study including eight experienced meditation teachers found that um, found a 65% increase in dopamine production after meditating for one hour compared with resting quietly. These changes are thought to help meditators maintain a positive mood and stay motivated to remain in the meditative state for longer. Four is getting enough sunlight. So maybe you've felt it before that when you experience, maybe you came to London for a week and it was raining all, all the week, <laughs> like it always does. And then you get a bit of sun and you're so happy. It's well known that periods of low sunshine exposure can lead to reduced levels of mood boosting neurotransmitters, including dopamine, and that sunlight exposure can increase them. One study uh, in 68 healthy adults found that those who received the most sunlight exposure in the previous 30 days had the highest density of dopamine receptors in the reward and movement regions of the brain. While sun exposure may boost dopamine levels and improve mood, it's important to adhere to safety guidelines because getting too much sun can be harmful and possibly habit forming. Um, one study in compulsive tanners who visited the tanning beds, the tanning salons at least twice per week for one year, found that tanning sessions led to a significant boost in dopamine levels and a desire to repeat the behavior. 
Additionally, too much sun exposure can cause skin damage and increase the risk of cancer, so moderation is very important. It's really uh, helpful to also get as much sunlight as you can right after you wake up. So it's indicated right after you wake up, right before you check your phone, right before you do anything, to just go outside and just stay in the sun or open the window and just let the sun shine on you. Even if there isn't a lot of sun outside because it's covered by clouds, it still has an effect, but you have to sit longer. So, but it's really important not to do it through the window because it won't have the same effects because the window also filters some of the radiations from the sun, some of the light from the sun. Also, it's generally recommended to limit sun exposure during peak hours when ultraviolet radiation is the strongest. So typically between 10 and 2 p.m. And to apply sunscreen whenever the UV index is above 3. Now, the fifth one is to consider supplements. So your body needs several vitamins and minerals to create dopamine, including iron, niacin, folate, and vitamin B6. If you have a deficiency in one of one or more of these nutrients, you may have trouble making enough dopamine to meet your body's needs. Blood work can determine whether you have a deficiency in any of these nutrients. If so, you can supplement as needed to bring your levels back up. In addition to proper nutrition, several supplements have been linked to increased dopamine levels, but thus far, research is also limited to animal studies. But these supplements include magnesium, vitamin D, curcumin, oregano extract, and green tea. Also, pia, which is, um, let me see if I can write, uh, read this correctly, phenylethylamine, which increases focus and work aid, and huperzine A. And the sixth, as I said, caffeine uh, upregulates, upregulates dopamine receptors and amplifies its effects. So, Regular ingestion of caffeine, whether it's through coffee or otherwise, increases upregulation of certain dopamine receptors. So caffeine actually makes you able to experience more dopamine effects. And the seventh one, we already talked about this, is cold showers, which can have the same effect as cocaine when it comes to increasing the dopamine above baseline. And this is something that was way out of my comfort zone when I started it, because I'm the kind of person that takes boiling showers. But ever since I started taking cold showers, or usually what I do is take like a hot shower, and then at the end for a few minutes, I just let very cold water run on my body. And I can tell you, I feel this extreme boost in energy, in dopamine. I can actually feel it in my body. And as I said previously, it lasts for around three hours. So more than anything else that boosts your dopamine. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast about dopamine. If 
you have any other suggestions for the next podcast, I'm really happy to listen to them. You can DM me here or on Instagram. And until then, be happy, be motivated, use the knowledge you learned from this podcast to improve your life. And thank you for listening. Bye.